0: Hello, and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle, and thank you for joining us at www.sonic-cinema.com. The piece you just listened to was called Haunted by the Past. It was an original composition of mine in October of 2013, uh, inspired by horror cinema. I've written many pieces uh, inspired by the horror movies I've watched and throughout the month of October over the years. And uh, this is the 13th year that I've had this tradition more or less going. Some years have been a bit more difficult because of uh, various life experiences going on. But for the most part, I always try to get to, it, if not a lot of horror movies, at least some of the ones that are most important to me. Uh, this year was probably my most productive uh, to date in that Category. I saw at least 50 either uh, films or episodes of television with a horror theme to them or a, a uh, genre appreciation. And uh, it's, it was uh, quite overwhelming when I realized that I was that close to 50 um, a couple of days ago. But uh, it's, it's something that I've really... It started off as one thing, but completely uh, morphed into something different. When I started this in 2013, I basically was... The intention was to use it as an opportunity to burn through uh, movies that I had had in my Netflix queue at the time. Um, Over the years, however, it's inspired Crave um, projects for myself in terms of uh, music i've written probably about a dozen pieces of music in the months of october starting in 2004 over the years um and it's it's given me a deeper appreciation of the genre in general and the and how flexible the genre is it's when I first came into uh, horror, I was large, you know, I grew up in the uh, 80s and 90s, so it was basically uh, slasher movies, Friday 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. By the time we moved down to Georgia, I had watched a lot of the Friday 13th movies and at least one of the Nightmare on Elm Streets, but ultimately the genre just didn't really have much influence on me or that much i wasn't that excited to watch horror movies for the most part uh wes craven's scream helped me a lot in that and getting into some of the older films helped me a lot but the fact of the matter is it's like there just wasn't a lot that got me excited about the genre um when I started this in 2003, like I said, it was basically as an attempt to just sort of burn through as many horror movies and my Netflix queue as possible, but what ended up happening was my, and partially because of the fact that more and more quality films were coming into my radar and coming into uh, my sights, um, I became... I began to appreciate the genre on a much deeper level than I had before. The artistry, what uh, films in the genre were saying, uh, the ways that they were saying it, the creativity that goes into horror movies, it just really um, gave me a deeper appreciation for the genre in general. I mean, yes, there are still really terrible films that you'll see from the genre come out, and there are films that are like, yeah, oh, it follows the same basic uh, formula, but ultimately it's a genre that has been surprisingly inspirational to me. And like I've said, uh, starting in 2004, in 2004 I was inspired to uh, write a piece of music, uh, which I'll play for you um, coming up. It's called Otherworldly March. It's about six minutes long. And it's one of the best pieces that I think I've written to date. And it's one of my favorite pieces that I've ever written. And uh, it's, it was something that just... It wasn't necessarily a specific uh, genre horror film that inspired it. I mean, I think I did have Nosferatu on the brain as well as other Things Because of the electronics in it, I think maybe 28 days later, that horror score, uh, maybe The Ring. But ultimately, it's, it's just the overall mood of what horror delivers. And uh, that was one of the things that inspired me to write pieces like uh, Otherworldly March. My horror month this year, uh, like I said, I got to 50 either uh, movies, predominantly movies, or episodes of television. Uh, Those are relegated to two specific things. Uh, The Simpsons and a couple of their great Treehouse of Horror episodes over the years. Uh, The first one, which is still my absolute favorite Treehouse of Horror, with the amazing rendering of The Raven. And uh, the seventh one... Uh, this year, which is because of the election coming up in a couple weeks, and it felt very appropriate to revisit that one, but it's also got three really strong uh, segments in that one as well, so that's that's still one of my favorites, but it was very timely, and I wanted to at least get that one in there for the uh, Citizen King uh, segment at the end. Um, the other TV show that really inspires me Uh, that tends to show up in this uh, run over the years is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And not surprisingly, it's my favorite TV show of all time. Uh, In particular, the Joss Whedon-directed episode Hush, which was largely uh, dialogue-free and uh, is widely considered one of the best, if not the best, uh, episodes of the show's history. And then two of the Halloween episodes, the second season, uh, Halloween, and the fourth season, Fair Itself. I have always kind of preferred the fourth season one. I like the mood of it, I like the tone of it. I think it does a really great job of horror um, filmmaking as opposed to just being an entertaining, uh, goofy episode. Like, I think the Halloween, the second season one was more. So uh, so those are the two um, TV shows that uh, made their way into my October horror month. Uh, another sort of outlier is this October's Rift Tracks live show of Carnival of Souls, which I think I'd only seen previ- I think I'd only seen Carnival of Souls once before, was without Rift Tracks, but I had forgotten a lot of it. So it was really interesting to watch that and it's always enjoyable when they uh get their hands on a horror movie like that. They've done really good stuff with Night of the Living Dead and House on Haunted Hill over the years and this was another strong uh horror related uh show. So, with that said, um let's let's start going through uh, some of the movies that I saw this year because there are quite a few. Like I said, that see Taking those out there's now forty four that i forty four movies that I saw this year um this month that were uh horror genre uh generally or rather specifically and uh it for the most part everything was uh, pretty good a lot of them i there were weren't as many uh older First time seeing it, uh, movies as that are, have been in the past. Uh, it's something I'll probably try to get back into the habit of next year when I do this. Um, but this year, I uh, did catch several horror films from uh, this past year and uh, just in general that I hadn't seen before, uh, starting with the recent box office hit Don't Breathe, Um with the great Stephen Lang performance as, uh, the blind man who terrorizes, uh, three, uh, thieves in, uh, in a, uh, Detroit house. And that was, that is one of the best thrillers of the year. And Stephen Lang is absolutely amazing in that. Uh, the next new movie I saw was a, on Netflix, it was called Honeymoon and it stars the, uh, I can't remember what her name is but she uh she played a grit on uh Game of Thrones and her and her new husband go into a uh, cabin in the woods for a honeymoon and that sounds like a very obvious premise for a horror movie but I assure you won't it really was very surprising with how effectively it took its subject into a completely different direction than I was expecting and uh, made it really interesting. Um, and, I mean, it's not necessarily a movie that I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch that every year. It's not. But it's, uh, it was a good movie nonetheless. Uh, the next one was uh, Phantom of the Opera, the 40s universal uh, horror film with Claude Rains as the uh, Phantom. And I really love the production design. I really love the music in it. Uh, there's something about that story, though, that just... In, I've seen three different movie versions of it, uh, including the silent film, and, as well as the Joel Schumacher adaptation of the musical, and that story just doesn't really do it for me. It's a good story, but it's not, an, it's not a really compelling story. Uh, next up was a movie from earlier this year, 10 Cloverfield Lane, the second film in J.J. Abrams, sort of unofficial Cloverfield, uh, universe. It was a good movie, had really good performances, but overall, I wasn't terribly impressed with it. Um, and the ending just really sort of petered out a lot. Uh, next one was a, uh, movie on my movie week, uh run for this past month it was west Craven's shocker from 1989 where he basically uh tried to make a new type of uh freddy style slasher uh movie and it's really 80s and really cheesy and that's about the best thing i can say about it it's not that it's not that good it's certainly below par compared to where uh, he took us on Nightmare on Elm Street, and it's no wonder that the franchise never... Re- that potential franchise never got off the ground. Next up is uh, The Forest with Nally Dormer from uh, Game of Thrones. This has an interesting premise that I think could made a really good horror movie, but ultimately is just... It, it, it's too obviously uh predictable. It's too predictable. It's very much too much of an American uh horror film. I mean it's it's set in Japan, but it's it's made by Americans and it really I I feel like if they'd stuck with something uh akin to what we've seen now of Japanese horror over the years, I think, and Asian horror over the years, I think it probably would have been a bit better if It'd been a foreign film, but uh, that's just me. Uh, the next film I saw, though, was from this year as well. It was called The Boy. Uh it came out in January as well. This was one that surprised me, and it reminded me to a certain extent of Hammer's uh, Woman in Black with Daniel Radcliffe that came out in terms of the... Uh, the atmosphere, the mood, the story. It's a very classical sort of ghost story and uh, sort of supernatural aspects. It's really a compelling horror story. It's one of the strongest horror movies I've seen this year and uh, from the past few years, actually. It's just really... It's a really good uh, supernatural horror movie that really... takes you in a place that you didn't necessarily expect to go by the end, and uh, it it makes you wonder if there's going to be a follow-up and if that could possibly be as good. Um, next up, as far as new horror movies, was uh, the cult film The Babadook, with the Australian horror film, which came out a couple of years ago and just really took... Uh, Audiences, or at least the online community, by storm, and finally seeing it, I completely understand why. It was just really a it was a really wrenching horror film. I did not expect. uh, I did not expect it to be that intense, and I didn't expect it to be that compelling. But really, goes in a direction that I really really surprised me and it's something that didn't um that i didn't necessarily expect and it's it, it was uh it was quite something else i'm definitely gonna feel like i have to watch it again i'll probably put in a very general rotation every october as a result of that um and uh I was I was just terribly impressed with it. I do feel like the hype was uh very right on that one. And I I definitely am glad that I got to hear about it and that I got to see it. Um next up is the uh horror sequel Ouija Origin of Error, which I didn't necessarily expect to see because I hadn't seen the original. But my wife, who is not a huge horror fan, had some some work related stuff at a different theater and she said hey let's go watch a scary movie uh while, you know and i was i was like okay that's fine and i was surprised at how much i enjoyed the uh, ouija sequel um it wasn't necessarily it, it wasn't great it wasn't something that i'm going to remember a lot of although i mean i do think there are some there's definitely some interesting story there but overall i mean i i thought it was an entertaining movie it was an entertaining horror movie and supernatural movie so it's it's hard to go against that uh the next one is out of my mind it's a short film from a writer director and actress uh sydney cindy maples who uh whose short film, Random, I heard I got to see last year and really liked it. She uh, allowed me to watch uh, Out of My Mind this year, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was a it's a short, short film. It's like 15 minutes, I think. And it's basically about a writer who has the idea for a story, is writing down this idea for a story, and all of a sudden you start to wonder whether this actually happened. And what reality is as opposed to what isn't and uh cindy uh maples is just really a very gifted filmmaker from a simax standpoint as well as a storytelling standpoint uh she's able to blend the two really well and uh it's simple simple stories execute extremely well and really grabs you and uh Puts, puts you into the story about as well as any feature film that i 've ever seen, and so you know if you get a chance to check that out online on YouTube or whatever called out of my mind it 's by sydney Cindy maples uh, excuse me and it's it's honestly one of the better movies i've seen this year. I highly recommend it, and i'll be talking about it a lot later uh, in this uh, podcast as well, and the last film that i hadn't seen yet um but i decided to go ahead and watch this year was uh the disney uh favorite hocus pocus with bette midler sarah jessica parker and kathy najimi as uh witches who are brought back into modern day america which is to say 1993's 1993 america and the film was made it's an enjoyable film I, you know, I was entertained. I can't say that I was, you know, really, I can't say I loved it the way that a lot of other people love it over the years, but it's something that I really, I'm glad I watched. You know, other people won't watch it. I might watch it as well, but is it necessarily something that I will probably review it for Sonic Sema at some point? But it's not necessarily something that I'm probably going to uh, find myself watching over and over, over the years. So that's actually the uh, list of, I think, about 10 movies that I saw this year for the first time. It was really, it's a diverse list. It's an interesting list. Uh, There are some films that are on there that are really good. There are films on there that, you know, are not that great uh and there are films that are somewhere in between and uh but all of them i think to a certain extent have something to offer and that's one of the things that i've really come to appreciate about the genre over the years in doing this uh month long appreciation and uh it's you know i i had a very different view of horror films when I started this than I do now. I, I see there's so much more flexibility than I really imagined in the genre. <clears throat> and uh, it's, it's, exciting to, it's exciting to experience It's exciting to uh, really dig in deep and see how different filmmakers approach horror in different ways and sometimes come out... Uh, with the same result in very different ways um that was certainly the case today uh when i watched uh the february um supernatural uh horror film the witch uh which um is one of the better horror movies i've seen this year if not the best horror movie the feature feature horror movie i've seen this year um and then actually watch the uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining there're similar there're similar uh themes there're similar ideas in those films and uh it's it's an interesting it's interesting to watch those back to back and see the way the, the two different filmmakers approach those ideas but also ultimately come back to some of the same Uh, successes when it comes to creating horror so we're going to take a quick break with another one of my uh, original pieces from uh, November from my uh, Octobers this one is called The Dreadful Tick of Time which was written 2011 or 2012 and uh, we will be right back after that thank you